How's it going, guys? Welcome back to the Dad Tired Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Lopes. Join me every Monday as we dive into what it looks like to be men who fall in love with Jesus and help our families do the same. You can learn more about our books, resources, conferences, and even online community by going to dadtired.com. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the Dad Tired Show. So glad that you are hanging out with us today. If you're brand new to Dad Tired, welcome. Super glad you're here, man. Uh, We've got a community of almost 12,000 guys from all over the world who are taking this stuff seriously. And we'd love to have you come be part of that group. You can do that by going to dadtired.com. You've also can find a free ebook there that's gonna give you 10 practical ways to lead your family to Jesus today. That's totally free. Go to dadtired.com forward slash free book and you can download that right away. Um, Super excited for today's interview. I've got a friend of mine, John McGee. He's a pastor at Watermark Church down in Texas. Um, Man, the guy is going to put so much knowledge and truth uh, and drop so much knowledge and truth in this episode. I I promise you, if you just listen to it once, you're going to miss a lot of what he says. Uh, So I highly recommend you have something to write down, pen and paper if you're old school or maybe the notes app on your phone, something to capture all the good stuff that he's uh, just going to drop throughout the entire episode. It's very helpful. I found myself taking notes even as I was interviewing him. Um, Before we dive into today's episode, I do want to thank my friends over at She Reads Truth and He Reads Truth for sponsoring today's episode. Both of their communities really share one goal, and that's men and women and the Word of God every day. Layla and I absolutely love their resources, and we love their Bibles. They have a Bible for men, and they have a Bible for women. Uh, You you guys are going to love them. They're thoughtfully designed. They've got charts and graphs and illustrations all geared to help you better understand and delight in God's word. It's really, really good stuff. Uh, Again, Layla and I use both of their resources and we find it to be helpful, incredibly helpful in our journey of falling more in love with Jesus. You can find more about that, uh, find out more about that by going to shereadstruthbible.com and hereadstruthbible.com. Again, great resources for you and your wife to be in God's word daily and to uh, just continue to fall more in love with Jesus and help your family do the same. That being said, let's dive into today's episode with John McGee. John, so grateful that you decided to hang out with us today, man. For the audience who may not be familiar with you, tell us who you are and what you're up to these days. Hey, yeah, buddy. Well, uh, John McGee, you live in Dallas, Texas, married to my bride. It will be 25 years uh, this summer, so really excited. We've got four kids, 2018, 16, and 14, boy, girl, boy, girl. And I'm on staff at Watermark Community Church. And so um, my role now is to help other churches uh, really in any way we can. So we've developed some marriage ministries and some recovery ministries and things like that that are in other churches. We do conferences for uh, for church leaders and uh, just kind of, you know, package up any of our learnings, any of our mistakes and um, help and resource and equip uh, other churches. So that's awesome. man. Yeah. Um, I, we met at a, at kind of a marriage retreat conference kind of thing. And you were, well, do you, you want to, you want to nuance that a little bit? Cause we didn't meet. That's true. <laughs> That's true. And it was, what's funny about that is it was such a small group of people. And the entire time I was like, I want to meet this guy. I want to sit down and talk to this guy. And we never actually got the chance to meet. So you're right. Thanks for calling me out in front of everybody there. But <laughs> I, had, I, had to, I had to call you to meet you later. I was like, Hey, I saw you on the list. We didn't meet. So yeah, that, man. Yeah. Well, as you were hosting that conference the whole time, I just kept turning to my wife. I'm like, I want to meet this guy. I don't know. I don't yeah. even know this guy. And I feel like I want to be like him one day. So, 
the way that God has crossed our paths is just awesome. But I'm always curious when I see like just great leaders like you, man, you just like, you kind of embody the presence of like a good leader shepherd, like high vision, high shepherd, you care for people well. And again, I'm making like lots of assumptions on our very few interactions, but we've spent spent very little time together. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) But it bleeds out of you, man. It's very obvious that this just bleeds out of you. But I'm I'm always curious, like, how did you learn that? Is how did you, you know, for guys like me that didn't have guys pouring into me growing up or dads pouring into me, a dad pouring into me, how did you learn that kind of leadership? Wow. Well, this was not the, uh, the talk I thought we were going to get into today, but, uh, you know, that's such a great question. Look, can I say this first though, before we even address that, one of the things I've learned as a leader is you need to know yourself, like yourself and be yourself. Mm. And I think half the problem is we look at other leaders and we think I'm not a good leader because I don't lead that way Mm. or I don't have those same gifts or skills or things like that. And I think that some of the biggest, one of the biggest learnings I've had is that God wired you uniquely. He gave you gifts um, to give him glory. And then, you know, scripture is really clear to uh, build up the church. And so you don't have gifts just for yourself. You have, you've got to give you those. So uh, since I, and I take it that God's all powerful and he could have done anything, you know, given anybody, any, any gifts, he chose to give each of us the gifts we have. And I think we're supposed to lean into that and uh, be like, um, and know who we are. So that would be uh, the first, the, the first one. So half the journey, I think, is just being able to understand uh, the ways God has uniquely uh, wired me, which I think mm-hmm. is, a, is a leader's journey, uh, and being okay with that, yeah. and not desiring someone else's gifts, and which is really half the battle. You spend all this energy comparing, yeah. as opposed to just kind of living out that. But um, yeah, I think uh, I, I love um, I, I love having leadership conversations. Uh, uh, even as a as a young guy, I just you know I think I wanted to. Uh, you know, be helpful and effective. And so I would take notes and I would take advantage of any, um, any time I had with people to ask thoughtful questions. I think that would be a, a takeaway. Most people, I think, are interested in investing uh, in others, especially younger ones, if they're thoughtful and respectful of the time. And so hmm. uh, just to call, just to call somebody and say, hey, can we hang out? Can I pick your brain? Um, oftentimes that's a, that's a no, and this is, it's not because they don't want to invest in others, but if you're thoughtful and say, I've got five questions and, uh, you know, I don't know how long you have, but if it's just, you know, even just 15 minutes and, uh, I, I wondered if I could ask you, uh, these five questions and then, um, you know, follow up afterwards and say, man, thank you so much. This is what, uh, this is what I heard you say. And, um, you know, th- this is what I've done as a result of what you said. That's, that's the kind of person uh, that others would want to uh, invest in. And so I think that's been really effective for me is just to learn how to reach out to people, not be uh, too nervous or not, uh, not say someone else's no for them. I've been shocked in my life at how many people will give you time uh, if you're respectful and you use it well. Mm. Um, and you don't have any, you know, agenda, uh, and then you look for ways to, to give back and serve. So, um, that would be, uh, that would be some encouragement. I've told my kids, there's one of my biggest regrets, honestly, is not, uh, taking more risks and who I reached out to and ask, mm. uh, for help. And, um, so that, I don't know if that answers your question, but those yeah. are a couple of things that came to mind. Yes. Yeah, and it's actually interestingly, uh, timely because I just yesterday I posted on our dad's hired f- closed group. I think you're part of that group, but we have a closed group of guys yeah. and I put on there, I asked how many of them are currently, um, looking for, or a part of a discipleship, um, relationship. How many, how many people, 
uh, or how many guys have other guys intentionally pouring into them. And most guys that answered that poll said, I don't have that, but I want that. Right. Uh, right. And so the fact that you just answer with that very practically, like, you know, how do you approach somebody and, and how do you re- be respectful of that time? Uh, I thought that was really, really helpful. So I appreciate That's that. Good. Well, and, and just while we're here before, you know, uh, before we uh, switch off to the next topic, I, I would say to the word mentor, uh, feels uh, like a really incredibly big responsibility for somebody. And so mm. I, um, when someone asked me to mentor them, I just said, I, I don't do that. Mm. That said, uh, if you have questions, uh, if there's things I can do for you, I would love uh, to do that. But I think that has a connotation, uh, candidly, that I'm not set up to do. And I think it would just frustrate you. I know. So I'm not your your Yoda figure, you know, mm. and I'm not, I'm not your Jesus. But I can be uh, a friend that can help you get unstuck or can help you, uh, uh, you know, uh, untangle some of your thoughts or think through the, the next step. Um, if, you know, if you'll do some listening as opposed to all the talking and, uh, and I've had, you know, I've had people reach out and say, Hey, can we get together? And really they've talked the entire time and said, Hey, thank you so much, you know, for your wisdom. And, and I'm just candidly go, well, you know, I probably won't make that lunch uh, again. And mm. so, uh, but, but the word mentor I think is loaded. And so maybe as those guys are, you know, trying to go find quote unquote, a mentor, I might not even use that word uh, to say, would it be okay if I reached out to you occasionally with uh, thoughtful questions or some specific advice? Most, most people uh, would say yes to that. So there you go. Man, that's so helpful. How important do you think it is for guys, young dads like me to find somebody like that or uh, people like that who they can process life with? Right. And so I think too, like um, every, it's it's really, um, God, man, I've got so many thoughts on this. But I think a lot of people start with uh, my mentor taught me this. My and, and so I, again, I think we build up something in our minds that just didn't happen or wasn't real. So that'd mm-hmm. be one thing. I think it's a bit of a uh, there's some mythology around uh, a mentor. So don't put a whole lot of pressure uh, on yourself. That said, like it's just like anything, Jared. I'm like whatever you're whatever you're into. Um, you know, if you were trying to get strong in the weight room. The reality is if you hung out with some other guys who were trying to get strong in the weight room and they'd been doing it longer than you, they're going to, they're going to throw out some tips. They're what you're going to watch them work out and you're going to be motivated and you're going to be, uh, you're going to get stronger in the gym. If you're trying to run, if you're trying to, uh, be good in business to be a good husband and absolutely to be a good dad. Um, if you can either directly or indirectly spend time uh, with guys who are good dads. Um, it, it is, it's one of the biggest gifts I think you could actually give your kids, uh, would be to surround yourself or not even surround yourself because you may not have that many in your life. Um, that there would be a surrounding, but, uh, seek those out and, uh, and look for some guys that, um, that you can learn from. So I always, always what I would do, uh, especially with young kids when I would go to lunch or was on the phone and say, hey, what are you, what are you doing with your family? Uh, what are you doing for fun? How are you spending your summers? Uh, what's a, a great memory you've made recently? Uh, tell me about the conversations you're having with your kids. Tell me, uh, tell me how you're discipling, uh, your kids and trying to help them love God and love others. And, uh, man, I would just take notes. Um, and that was incredibly helpful. So much, I, you know, I read some parenting books, but as I think about it in real time, I think the most helpful, um, probably advice, the most actionable things came from spending time with other men. Uh, either directly or indirectly, and just hearing them talk about uh, and and their mistakes, uh, both both their wins and also their mistakes. So, 
yeah, I don't know if that's helpful. Yeah, what's interesting uh, is about you is you just kind of uh, you pour out very practical knowledge, like just so easy and fluidly, and and you like you're just always giving pra- even in our few minutes that we've been starting, you've given tons of practical stuff. But I've heard you talk about before, like um, even before you like when you're thinking through discipleship in the home and you're thinking through all the practicalities of that, like you even have to zoom out and there's like some steps before that are even higher, bigger pictures than that. Can you talk a little bit about that? I know you even just mentioned yeah. it and some of that, what you just answered there about like just fun, but kind of, I'd love to pick your brain on that kind of stuff. Like what, what do we need yeah. to do to zoom out? That's great. So we were just chatting before we started, you know, and I just said, I, I think a lot of times when guys uh, think about leading their kids spiritually or making disciples in the home, immediately they jump to uh, what Bible study am I going to do? Or, uh, you know, what scripture are we going to memorize? Which are really, truly important uh, conversations. But I think if this, if this analogy is helpful uh, for guys, what serves my wife, Pam, and I uh, really well is to think about three gauges uh, kind of on our family's uh, dashboard. And um, the first one is fun, which I know as Christians is like crazy uh, to think about. Um, but I think that's part of what sets up um, the environment that discipleship can happen. And so like, what does that look like? And, and you know, honestly, um, some people just exude fun and spontaneity. And, uh, and for me, I would have to actually plan that when our kids were little, I'd have to think yeah. about, uh, you know, being fun. I would, uh, one of my, my phrases was, Hey, you know, to my wife, Hey baby, I will own the weekend. And so I've got the weekend, you know, she's home, um, just wiping noses and feeding and, you know, all those kind of things. And I was like, I, I've got the weekend. You, you can, um, in, in terms of a planning, uh, you can tap out on the weekend because I've got this, you know, and just look, I would look for, um, I would, there was a book in Dallas about all the fun stuff to do in Dallas. There is a uh, website. And so we would just, I would scour those Thursday, Friday and hit uh, Saturday morning. The kids, you know, if we didn't have sports, they knew Saturday's going to be so fun. And so, um, you know, so some things we, uh, we did, I remember one time we took a, a big twister um, needle, you know, those uh, the spinner things or whatever, and we laid it, um, and we orientated north, south, east, west, and we spun it. And I think it went roughly north uh, for us. It would have been northeast. And we, I said, great, we're going to drive uh, northeast, and we're just going to find something fun to do. And, man, we had we had the best day. We went into a Barnes & Noble, um, and everybody went in, and they had to learn about something they had never learned about uh, for uh, kind of 30, 40 minutes. And then we went uh, to lunch. We found this great pizza place. And uh, so over, you know, over pizza, they, they talked about what they learned. And so, you know, of course, the kids, the boys gravitated towards things like, you know, samurai um, armor and things, you know. And so yeah. um, and I, I don't remember what else we had, but that, that was fun. A, a great tip for uh, young families is barbarian night. And so part of your job as a dad and as a mom is to teach your kids manners, sit up straight, use your fork, all that. And man, you know, that, that can get pretty uh, tiring as a kid to be on the receiving end of that. And so uh, every once in a while, we would call Bar- Barbarian Night and there was no utensils and no napkins. <laughs> and we would just put the food on the table and we would just go to town, you know. And if you gave them a choice, they would always choose the messiest thing uh, out there, right? Can we have lasagna or spaghetti or something like that? And, you know, and something about that pressure release, like, hey, we're not always, you know, chirping at you. Um, Pam would pull the kids, uh, from school every year. One, she'd pick one kid one day and just basically spring them, you know, from school. And so 
uh, one of our adages was we are never going to let school get in the way of our child's education, you know. Um, so mm-hmm. whatever it looks like, just have some, you know, competitions at the home. But you want to you want to create a family that is fun. Now, and so that's again, that's a bit of a contrarian take. But here's here's how I got there. Um, I asked our student pastor um, one time. I said, "Hey, tell me about the kids who go off to college and they continue to walk with Jesus. They hit the ground running. You know, they don't come back with a uh, a load of regret." And you know, he thought about it for a second. You can see him running through the middle of Rolodex, and he said, "You know what? All of those families are fun that they came from. All of them. Now that I think about it." And I thought, yeah, the first time I heard him say that, I thought, there's no way that's true. Like, that's just, that is so not the right answer. And so I filed it and asked him about five years later. I said, um, I asked him to tee up the exact same question. He, he did exactly the same thing. He kind of stared off for a little bit. And you could tell that he's rolling, rifling through families. He goes, you know what, John? He goes, all of those families are really fun that mm-hmm. they came from. And, uh, and I think, I think that's right. And because I think then, um, it makes the gospel message, it makes discipleship more palatable because you can be, you know, you can be a wretch of a person or really stern and an amazing Bible expositor. And I don't think your kids are interested. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that first gauge we, we thought about was fun creating that. And the second one was just friendship and just doing, doing things with them. And I don't mean uh, being peers, but I mean, just having a relationship with them. And so I, um, just through our rhythms, I would try to spend time with each kid individually, uh, you know, at least every other couple of weeks. And, um, so I had one kid that loved to play cards. And so I would, uh, get a, um, the, uh, it goes phase 10. We would get phase 10. We'd walk over to target. She could get a, a sprite for 99 cents and we would play, we would play cards. I had another kid who was a Lego freak and, uh, I would get him the smallest little set of Legos. And uh, we would go over there and I'd sit at the table and, and he would put those together. And he just like the coolest to him. It was the coolest thing ever. I got another another one who's into pets and just to go look at a pet store uh, was amazing uh, or watch any kind of movie about, you know, dogs or anything like that. And I've got one kid who's into sneakers. And, um, and in a way, I just don't understand. He loves to like look at sneakers. And so uh, he turned 16. Hey, bud, I'll take you anywhere in the U.S. where you want to go. I want to go to New York. And we, I kid you not, Jerry, for three days, we walked around New York City and looked at sneakers, you know, <laughs> and I just thought, give me a, a blunt object to kill myself. Uh, and, uh, but that was like, and you're asking him, he goes, that was the best, that was the best three days of my, of my life. Mm. And so, uh, so then when I go to, um, you know, b- open the Bible, there's a relationship there. Dad's not just interested in, you know, um, telling me what I'm doing wrong or talking about this guy. I don't know. This is a, this is a guy and, and you have to have your wife along or it's best if you do. Um, these are people who are fun. They care about me. They invest in me. They spend time with me. If you can get away with your kids, uh, you know, uh, once a year, I would highly encourage you, especially as they get older. I, uh, I, I try to take uh, our kids one, one at a time and go, go hiking uh in the summer you know i think colorado's not too far from us and so we can go scamper up a 14er or something like that and just just to be with them um and and it truly i mean i think you should enjoy your children but i think that that posture um because you know kind of creates the soil that discipleship um is uh i think takes root uh and will grow in so uh, anyway that's that's how we thought about that i don't know if that's helpful and we can actually talk about the discipleship part but um, that's how I think about those two, those first two gauges. 
Hey guys, hope you're enjoying the interview so far. Before we keep going, I do want to thank my friends over at Blinkist for sponsoring today's episode. Blinkist, I've told you about them before. They're one of the most used apps on my phone. I'm constantly opening up their app. What they do is they take thousands of nonfiction books and they condense them down to just 15 minutes or less that you can either read or listen to. I like to listen to a few books before I go to bed. If you don't have time, which most of us don't as busy dads, to sit down and read a whole book, but you still want to know like what's the gist, what's the overall vision, and point that the author is trying to make. Blinkist is perfect for that because you can listen to three, four books a night before you go to bed. Again, that's what I do. You can listen to them on a commute or as you go for a run and really get the main points that the author was trying to get in that book. And again, they've got thousands of non or thousands of books that are condensed down to 15 minutes or less that you can either read or listen to. Uh, one of my favorites recently, I've read this book many times, but sometimes I'll just go back through it. It's called The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim, Tim Ferriss. A really great quick book that you can get through and get some good principles on just helping your work balance and figuring out prioritizing what you should be working on. Again, we've had authors like Gary Chapman, who's been on the podcast. He's got the five love languages on there. One of my favorite books of the year, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. That's on there as well as uh, Everybody Always by Bob Goff. Authors who have been on our show who have books on Blinkist, you really are going to love it. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want, and all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com forward slash tired. Try it for free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist dot com slash tired to start your free seven day trial and you'll also receive 25% off but only when you sign up at blinkist.com slash tired i posted something the other day on social media where i said it, i imagine that it would be hard for our kids to believe the good news that we preach if we're always grumpy and uh, yeah, so it's kind of similar to what, to what you're saying there and someone responded on that i thought it was interesting they said you know that's just unrealistic like that they, they had talked about they they life is hard and they deal with hard stuff and maybe they're naturally introverted and you know they're not just going to kind of be happy all the time which uh, i don't think that's what i was saying but i guess i would love to hear what would you say to somebody who says you know that's just unrealistic to kind of just be ha- the happy guy all the time yeah well again so i, I might you know, to come full circle back to where we started as a leader, I think it's the same thing as a dad. Um, it, joy is a fruit of the spirit. And so I take it that if the spirit of God lives in me and I'm yielded to the spirit, and I'm abiding uh, in Christ, that joy will come out of me. Just like a tree uh, produces the fruit of its kind, that should be what comes out of my life. Now that said, sometimes we say joy and happiness and, and what some people say, uh, what comes what comes to mind for some people is you know some motivational speaker, um, you know who's hopping around on the stage and everything's always amazing and I you know this is the best day this is the everything's the best and and that could be an expression a, a genuine expression for some people their fruits of the spirit uh, of joy or peace, um, uh, but that might not be for us and so I do think we should have um, I do think there should be joy I think it will look different and I, and listen I mean. Uh, the songs is filled with lament, you know, and um, I, I don't know about you, but through COVID, I've spent a lot of time in the Psalms, you know, and uh, Psalm 88 does not resolve. And uh, we talked about that with the, the kids. Sometimes all you can do is affirm that God's in control and um, but you don't get to see the actual resolution uh, of it. And so that that's real. But I do I do think um, since it's the fruit of the spirit, I think it's something that we have to keep an eye on. 
and we have to um, and we'd want to uh, pursue. And life also is hard. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't I don't know that Job was happy, clappy and his people, his friends were going, man, you are so fun to be around. My goodness. <laughs> you know, to me, I just get like I feel, you know, I just get this energy, you know, and it's just amazing. Probably didn't happen. Right. And um, so I think it looks different for different people in different seasons. But, yes, I do think. Um, and, you know, you got to ask yourself, who do you want to be with? Who do you want to be like? And it's not the curmudgeon people, right? You just yeah. kind of cut a, cut a wide path. And your kids are no different. Your kids are no different. And I think that's part of the kids wanting to come towards you or away from you uh, is, is your attitude and your posture. And, I, you know, so candidly, I'm a pretty cerebral guy. I And I've learned to have to come in, hit that door, um, and, and have energy for my family. Because I probably would sit around and try to solve problems um, or read about big ideas. That's my natural bent. And, um, you know, there's a place for that, but that's not what, a you know, especially an eight year old boy. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I still remember, uh, when my youngest son, uh, was five, six, seven in there, I would come home and he would take his shirt off and he was missing teeth and he'd say, dad, let's wrestle. <laughs> and, uh, and so man, this is, this is off script. Um, but if your son ever tells you dad let's wrestle you take your shirt off and you throw down you know wwf it is it's on because um they won't always do so yeah and uh, i know you're tired blood sugar's low uh but that's a gift and uh they they're not they're not going to want to do that so anyway uh, have fun and i do think it's, it's uh good and right and normal for a christian uh, to have that. Yep. Yeah. That, uh, that scenario you just described, uh, played out, uh, literally in my living room this morning, maybe an hour ago. Uh, so <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and I, I love I it. And, man, and, <laughs> and let them win, let them win, let them like pound on you and, uh, you know, and, and feel like they're totally dominating and tell mom that they whip you, like, uh, <laughs> let them, let them do it, man. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, so, okay. So you get to that point, you know, you're, you, you, I think that's such a beautiful scenario that you kind of painted a picture that you painted for us, you know, playing Legos as you're drinking a Sprite, wrestling with your son. Or how, do, how does that translate into discipleship? I guess for you, what does discipleship mean and look like you know, once you have that kind of foundation set? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've talked about uh, Deuteronomy six mm-hmm. um, often, you know, um, and so I think about discipleship as being those moments where scripture is open, but also, you know, uh, we're, if we're supposed to impress these things, that's Deuteronomy six, uh, I think starting. So, uh, four through seven, eight is a cohesive thought, but, uh, seven, you know, we're supposed to impress them on our children and we're supposed to talk about these things when we uh, sit at home and when we walk along the road, when we lie down, when we get up. So basically this, this, this ongoing conversation about, uh, God was, was his plan to impress, um, this, this idea that, that he, that God is one. He's a big, powerful God. And so, um, so I do think you need to have that relationship. Um, I, I didn't mention this, but I've, I've been always struck by Exodus 20 before God gives the Ten Commandments. He reminds them that he's been the God that walked with them out of Egypt, you know, and he said, Hey, I, I've, I've been with you. There's a relationship here. Now here are the rules. I think it's a really good model uh, for parents. So then I, I think a couple things. One, I think you want to know your child's besetting sin and every, every child has one. Um, you know, I could tell you, I could tell you all of ours. Um, so, you know, we've, um, we got one that is diligence. And so we talk about 
the Proverbs, uh, that diligent hands will rule, but laziness ends in forced labor. And so I'm paying attention to his pathetic sin. I've got one who's a great kid, but man, they just, you know, the world is black and white. And if you violate that, it, you know, it's, it's not okay. And, um, and so there's a, a lack of flexibility that can be damaging to relationships. And so for them, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, oh, well, like you need to say when this happens, you need to say, oh, well, and, and move on. This is an oh, well moment. And um, so I, I think helping them through their besetting sins. And I think, you know, just having some rhythms, um, you know, car rides were awesome uh, for us. We would uh, listen to seeds of worship when the kids were little. Um, if I if it was my idea, they wouldn't listen um, what, what became fun at the time was they would, uh, we had a CD then to work on your iPhone. They would forward the tracks. They would stop, uh, someone in the, the front seat would forward the tracks, someone in the back seat would say stop. And then we would listen to that one. Then we would talk about it. You know, uh, we would pray, uh, we go to school. I'd take my kids. If you can take your kids to school, or spend time in the car with them. That's when my kids would open up. They wouldn't, the breakfast table was unmitigated disaster. Nothing good happened at the breakfast table because they weren't. So some, some of you guys are just way better dads than me. I just, I, we gave up trying. Um, and, uh, and so we would drive about halfway to school and almost once we hit uh, a pole, uh, we just pray all the way, uh, all the way to school. And, uh, and so that was like, it was a light actually. And then, and we would just go into it, you know, whether I started or they did and we just pray all the way to school. You know, uh, amen. I pray for him at, at the end. And um, so, uh, you know, we in the summers, we would uh, memorize portions of scripture. And so, you know, uh, Psalm 101 or um, Philippians 2 or something like that, and then give them a reward. Um, you know, we'd go to Great Wolf Lodge or something like that once they had uh, completed that. They had something to look forward to. It was fun uh, to them. Uh, we did memorize a lot of scripture with them. And I, if I could give a, a piece of advice, um, I, if you memorize scripture with your kiddos, and I would encourage you to, um, review it with them because they will just forget. And I thought once I put those into their little brains, they would never forget it. Mm-hmm. And, um, so we spent a lot of time dumping new scripture into their, uh, uh, brain. If I could go back, I would, uh, I would spend a third of my time reviewing, uh, those, uh, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Is, mm-hmm. um, it's a really, really kind of, that might be a way to, uh, today to uh, to impress them. So some things that have worked um, recently for us uh, is, uh, you know, family worship. And so I think there um, is a book, I think by Whitney, uh, that's super simple, um, but it's, it's exactly what you, you know, it's, it's the, it's the, um, the bare minimum and, uh, and it, and it works well. And so like on Monday, you know, this is today's Wednesday on Monday, uh, we met in our living room and um, we sang, uh, we sang a, a, a quick uh, hymn. And, uh, and then we, um, then we, I was actually, I had a Psalm that night that, um, I wanted to share with them. And so, uh, we just read it out loud and I had a couple thoughts and then, uh, one of them prayed and then I prayed and that was it. Uh, but most nights we just pick, we're in a place in the, in, in scripture and we read, um, either the full chapter or a couple, uh, a couple paragraphs and then we just pray. And if they want to stick around and ask a lot of questions and things like that, we can, um, but the, it's not, it doesn't turn into, they said, Hey dad, we, we like it, but man, sometimes you just talk so much. <laughs> and, uh, and so we love being with you and we love things of God, but man, we're just, you know, at eight o'clock at night, we're not looking for another sermon, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, they said it really, really kindly. Uh, they also tell me I can't sing. They're like, uh, <laughs> the other night they, uh, one of them goes, Hey, give it up for dad. Cause he changed, uh, keys three different times in one song <laughs> and that's really hard to do they were hilarious um, so you know we just 
Um, but that, that has been just to keep the things of God, uh, in front of us. And we don't, we do not do that every night. Um, you know, so that was Monday. We didn't last night. We, I bet we will either tonight or Thursday. Um, so sharing, you know, sharing what you're learning in scripture always is, is the best. And then I think just, you know, um, in your own life and yeah, you just have to ask forgiveness from your kiddos a lot. Mm. Um, and I think you, you show kids that, you I mean, you're a sinner in need of God's grace. You don't, you don't, uh, cover up your sin. You look them in the eye and say, I'm sorry, that was not what God's man or God's woman does. Will you please forgive me? You know, tell me how that made you feel or any of those, like model what the forgiveness process looks like to them. But seeing, you know, it's, it's really tough for a kid to, uh, hear a, a Bible study or something like that from, from a dad that doesn't seem to love, uh, God's word, you know, mm. or spend any time in it or, um, now that said, it doesn't mean you have to know, like you don't have to be a seminary professor. I think one of the best ways to disciple your kiddos is if they ask a question and you don't know the answer to it, to go, you know what? I don't know, but that's yeah. such a great question. Let's look at God's word together, yeah. right? Rather than, rather than that being a failure, you have taught that kid so much. Like, oh, that's what we do. When we have questions, uh, we go to God's word and we can, we can actually look it up. We don't have to say, I don't know and, and move on. That would be, be an amazing gift. Uh, to give uh, to give your kids, and so I think just the the bumps and grinds of life. I remember one time uh, <laughs> one of my kids came back and uh, it came out that he was cussing on the playground, and uh, you know I need I mean uh, it was pretty mi- pretty minor minor yeah. infection, candidly, um, but you know I said okay, but here's the deal. Um, you know we're supposed to sharpen each other, um, and you're not. You know and and and, and and rather, you're actually corrupting their morals, and so that's that's an offense. And uh, and the offense is not only towards the kiddos, but also to uh, the parents who are trying to like you know um, raise your kids. Like they're undermining what mm-hmm. what these moms and dads are doing. And so we actually called uh, the dads of all you know, it's probably three boys. We called the dads, and and you know, my son said, "Hey, <laughs> he didn't have much of a choice." But uh, what he said was, "Hey, I was you know what? I'm supposed to be a good friend." And help, um, and these are all believers. So just take that take that consideration. But um, I'm supposed to be a good friend, um, you know, to your son, and help him love God and love others more. And I did the opposite. And I, I'm really sorry. Will you please forgive me? Said, of course, you know. And then um, and then, hey, can I talk to you know little Johnny? And he he did the same thing, you know. And so so I think you're that that wasn't a Bible study on friendship. That wasn't a Bible study on how to ask for forgiveness or. Um, get the log out of your own eye, but that was, I think, a discipleship moment. Conflict becomes such a great moment. Here's a practical one um, where your kids are in the car and they're talking poorly about somebody. Uh, you make them pray for that person. You mm. say, hey, you know, so sounds like that person is closer to an enemy than a friend. What are we supposed to do with friends? Ah, oh, we're supposed to pray for them. Yeah, okay, mm. So now you, you have the floor. Um, so why don't you now pray for this person uh, that you ran down, you know, and that. That tends to nip a lot of that uh, in the bud, <laughs> yeah. but uh, so think of all that to say that Deuteronomy six that you need to think about all of it, not just um, those big Bible study moments. Um, um, I think milestones are really big. The passports purity is a great tool. I would encourage you to use that one. Think about a a passage to manhood or womanhood, uh, even later. You know, leverage community, uh, all those kind of things. But don't give up on the daily. Um, you know, as you pursue kind of these big moments, some, some faith traditions have, um, catechisms, 
um, that, the, that the church is involved with uh, or puts on, I would be highly involved with that as a parent. Um, I would talk about that and make that something amazing, not something you have to endure. Make that something you celebrate, um, not just kind of a, have a, a tacit acknowledgement that they, they did that. So anyway, those are a couple of thoughts. Um, yeah, what, what are yours on, on those topics? Man, uh, this is going to be the worst analogy, but I feel, John, like you are a pinata full of great candy that we just cracked open and it flew everywhere, and I'm trying to catch as much as I can. Uh, <laughs> there's there's got to be a better an- uh, analogy. Maybe, maybe that's my thanks. Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> Cinco de Mayo analogy. Since it's the, uh, but, man, it's such, such good stuff. I'm just trying to grasp everything. I'm just going to be personally going back and well, listening. I'm like, okay, I need to grab this one and grab this this one, grab this one. Um, as we wrap up here, I guess uh, for you and Pam, as you think through, you now you've got children who are growing uh, out of their teens and into their maturing into their young adulthood and adulthood. Um, for you guys, what is your goal? Like, what what are you hoping that you look back and say, "Man, uh, this is what I'm trying to accomplish." And if this happens, I'm going to be really happy. And I guess tied to that, is there anything that, as you lay your head down at night and it's quiet and it's just you and your thoughts, is there anything that you would think, "Man"? If this doesn't happen, I'm going to regret it uh, as an old yeah. man. Oh, dude, that's, um, that, that's a loaded question. I, I think for me, um, I, again, I, I think I mentioned a couple times here, there's so many verses in the Bible. But when Jesus was pressed on what's the most important, um, we know it was to, the most important things we're supposed to do is to love God and love others. And so I, there's a part of me as a dad that wants to create superstar athlete that wants to create a superstar businessman who will, mm. you know, buy and sell multiple businesses and be on the Forbes list and, mm. uh, you know, a hundred other things. And I, at, at my best, and this, it just doesn't happen all the time, but at my best, uh, the thing I'm praying for is that, uh, in their own unique way, their own unique gifts, uh, as a response to God, they would love him and they would love others. And, um, and they, and that's, that's the prayer we pray for our kiddos. Um, and so, you know, what implied in that is, is really, you know, a full life of obedience, uh, to scripture, but we want them to, we want them to love God, you know, like that. Um, and if I, and I, we've seen, you know, quote unquote Christians who have created these, uh, kids who make straight A's and there are a hundred other things and they're not against God. They just don't love him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that when you ask, Hey, what I, what I have failed, um, so I can, there's only there's a part of that I can control. Uh, Philippians two thirteen has been a great comfort to me. It's it, the, if, if my child decides to love God, I think it was a supernatural work of God. Yeah, yeah. Somehow He can use me, but it's not all up to me. Yeah. Um, but if I didn't do my part, and I had there's listen, there's there's just um, the gap between what is and what should be in any parent's life is oftentimes pretty big. And so just trying to acknowledge that with my kids, with my spouse. Um, I feel like I asked for forgiveness a lot. Um, I thought I would stop doing that when I got the age I did. I still it's happening even more. Um, but I think that's, that's what I want for my kids. And then trying to realize that, uh, we can get really, really caught up in, um, you know, trying to make our kids live, live through them. And, uh, you know, I don't know for whatever reason, this story popped in my head, uh, very first soccer game very first soccer game ever as a dad we've all been there you're excited your kid's probably going to play in the world cup uh you know 18 <laughs> years from now it's probably what's going to happen and you you've already you've already got, you already see your your name on the back of the jersey that people around the world are wearing right, right 
And so first first game, and th- my son can't really, didn't even care. He didn't even know which way the goal was. And I run. I kid you not. I am running up and down um, the 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 field, just like screaming um, at uh, you know, kick it hard, you know, pass him. He's open. It's mob ball. No one's open, right? They're all you know. But I'm like, break away, get outside, you know. And I just and I at halftime, I was like, dude, listen to yourself. Like the, you are you are ridiculous. Ridiculous, and um, and I really just completely powered down. And um, by God's grace, most of the rest of our kids' athletic careers, it was, hey, I love watching. You know, I try to coach. Oh, that would be something. If you can coach your kids, coach your kids. You're gonna you're gonna drop off and pick up anyway. Be involved with them. Be involved uh, with their uh, with their friends. You know, close each practice. If you work for the if you play through the YMCA, they're Christian, so they have to uh, allow this, but. We would I'd get those little t-ball players down and say, we talk about being a man, you know. Um, we talk about just kind of manhood axioms, you know. Uh, uh, boys pout and men endure and boys mm. criticize and men create, you know. And um, we talk about scripture and just keep it for 30 seconds, but that would be something for discipleship. But anyway, um, all that to say, I uh, on our best days, we're not trying to create um, World Cup players. We're trying to pr- create... Uh, in their in their own unique wiring, kids who uh, love God and love others, and we uh, will release them out into the world and continue to uh, walk with them and disciple them. But that's uh, if um, if I had a choice between uh, Harvard's admission or a kid who uh, loved God and loved others, and it was binary. There's no choice uh, mm-hmm. to me. Man, we started this, our time together with you saying you didn't really, you know, the kind of the misconceptions of mentorship and you didn't want to be anyone's Jedi, but I personally would love for you to like be my Jedi and like mentor because you just <laughs> dropped so much great stuff, man. It, thank you for taking the time. I We talked also about being respectful of people's time and uh, the fact that you took, you know, 40 minutes to spend some time with us and to point us to Jesus and give us a bunch of good stuff, man. It means the world yeah. to me. I hope that I can yeah, steal thanks. more of it later, but thank you. So much done. It's the world, man. Well, well, hey, just to these dads, uh, this window is short. I know you're tired. I love the uh, I love the title. I love the community up peaked in there. Uh, but keep going. You will be packing up stuff, taking it to college so fast. Your head will spin. Mm-hmm. You won't have a chance. You will not have a chance to wrestle. You will not have a chance to play Legos on the floor, or watch a TV, go for a walk, eat a donut. Uh, that window is closing, and uh, don't miss it, and um, and do it do it in your own unique way. But uh, I've been really encouraged by the community. Uh, you got a great community, and uh, keep keep going, man. Keep going. So mm. thank you. You get me teary eyed uh, thinking about those days of wrestling and Legos being over. But thank you, bro. I appreciate you pointing okay. us to Jesus, man. Love it. Hey guys, thanks for listening today. Hope that was helpful for you. If it was, there's two ways that you could be helpful to us as a ministry. Uh, Number one, just leave us a rating. We always appreciate that and it helps us get in front of more people. And number two, share this with a friend. If you know a tired dad that could use some encouragement, make sure you hit the share button and send this over to him. Hope you guys have a great week. We'll talk to you next time. See you.